Welcome to the College Wealth Podcast, the ultimate financial guide to help you understand your financial stresses and how to build from it. Your lessons won't be in class, and your projects can either save you or earn you money. We host episodes three times a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to help you reach your financial freedom. Now let's get started with your host, Owen Parody. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the fourth episode of the College Wealth Podcast. I'm actually so excited to have a new guest here. Could be a, temp- a temporary or permanent guest, depending on how things work out here. But I'm so excited to have someone new. His name is William Goulet. Hello, William. How are you today? Hey, Owen. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. Uh, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. This is going to be interesting. William might be a permanent co-host, depending on things, how things work out here. But uh, uh, hopefully that's the case, of course. But today we're going to be talking about some really interesting things, more precisely saving when it comes to high school. And this is more towards the high schoolers and how to save up for college and university. Again, yeah. And and maybe before uh, hopping into that, Owen, yeah, I, I just want to mention, I got an invitation to to the Facebook group, the College Wealth uh-huh. Podcast Facebook group, and uh, you know what? I'm happy to be a member and looking forward to seeing you know all the different aspects, sharing all together. I see how that's going to grow. <laughs> well, I love the shameless plug to the to the uh, to the new Facebook group as the College Wealth, the ultimate guide group, where we're going to be discussing it many different types of strategies, people's ambitions and goals towards saving, uh, saving money, making money, and also paying off your student debts. There's a lot of groups on Facebook that honestly advertise saying, hey, I got property or I made the million dollars, but no one seems to celebrate the fact that they're, uh, they're debt-free. I don't understand why that's not celebrated. That's a big achievement on its own. I think, uh, I think you're right about that. It, you know, Debt-free is one of the most satisfying, you know, if you were to liquidate everything, if you sell everything and pay off everything, that you're debt-free. So, you know, even just a net worth being positive, you know, I guess debt-free is even better than that. Uh, I guess I honestly, it ties in really well to one of the stats I was going to bring up. Uh, And I'll just bring it up. But uh, literally, they're saying on average, the average university graduates after four years in a public college not even uh, private, but public within their own state. So this would be like us in Ontario uh, pays on average $103,000. That's six figures. Like that's, that's insane. And that's within your own state. And we'll tie into that a little bit more. Uh, this is, yeah, it's, it's a lot. So <laughs> it's crazy. So like, could you imagine having to pay that? And at the same time, there's no celebration or nothing at all. Like it's just, yeah, I paid it off or anything. It's a little bit of internal happiness there. So I don't get why it's not celebrated. And I think the the group itself is an awesome way just to go and uh, everyone be able to go and share the same moments that we're facing through, honestly. You know, and I was doing a little bit of research before coming on here, right? Okay. And uh, I was listening to, to your previous episodes just last week and, uh, you know, you were talking about the snowball method or the avalanche method. Uh, let's say you did have one hundred and three thousand dollars in debt after school. Uh, 
you know, what would you aim for? Would you do the the avalanche or snowball? Or maybe maybe you can re-explain them real quick. No, no, yeah, for sure. We'll do it very quickly there so we don't get too sidetracked, but for sure. Uh, yeah, so basically the snowball method is to start with the smallest payments or the smallest amount of uh, the smallest loan, whereas the avalanche method would be uh, using the highest amount of interest. So technically one would pay off quicker, like uh, the avalanche might take a little bit longer, but the higher interest is a little bit less rewarding. So they each have their own positives and negatives. And if anyone wants a little bit more in-depth detail, go to episode three, because we have a lot more uh, examples when it comes to the snowball debt and then also the avalanche debt in regards to it. So we're going to start off with the new, uh, with the fourth episode here. And we're going to be talking about saving up for university and college. And this is mainly to obviously high schoolers or people who are intending on going to college and university. And this also entails to parents. A lot of the research I ended up doing was honestly in regards to parents. And it really sucked. You're going to be baffled by by this. Yeah. I just told you, I just told you that the average four-year school, or (laughs) I should say the average four years of university, it costs around $103,000. And this is to a public university. Take a wild guess how many, how much stu- how much students have saved up before school. <laughs> this is not parents, this is students. Oh, it's got to be an average of, oh, it's got to be low. I'm afraid to know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going optimistic. Let's try $5,000. Well, you know what? Uh, you're you're close, but it, it's actually more. It's oh. uh, yeah, it's actually it's been going up year over year. It's at seventy eight hundred dollars right now. Wow, are we going uh, to be the most fiscally responsible generation? <laughs> oh, we have to. We really have to. What but, joy! <laughs> but this is also USD. So to um, uh, to Canadians, that would probably be closer to. I would probably have to say eighty nine hundred. So $8,900, $9,000 Canadian. Wow. So yeah, like, I mean, it's not, you can't go and say that's bad because especially when most of them are working part-time. If or, you have an 18-year-old or uh, a, a nine, 18, 17, 19-year-old with uh, 8900 in the bank, assuming that is all saved up and it's all not all spent, uh, yeah. I'd say it's a good job. Honestly. Yeah, it's not It's not too, too bad. It's, it's not bad at all. But now... Now let's look at parents. How much? Oh, okay. Take a wild guess. How much parents have saved up? It's got to be higher. But then again, some some you know opt out of paying. Which fair enough. Everyone has their reasons. And let's let's put an average of. Ah, uh, jeez. Fifteen thousand. Now that's where you're gonna have to go down. Oh, they're no. they're they're at thirteen thousand. Oh, and okay. And so it's not bad as well, but what's happening year over year, their trends are going down. So the previous, yeah. So two years ago, the average parent had around $14,500 for their, for their children. But this uh, now is 13,000 and they're expecting the tendencies to go down to 11,800. By the way, this is through CNBC statistics. This is uh, not numbers that I've made up or anything. (laughs) <laughs> those are through surveys through cnbc so, so it's absolutely with, insane yeah it, with numbers going up like that like 
so kids are going up, adults are going down. Uh, what does that say about responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly think a large portion of it has to do with uh, what they have to pay with. Of course, parents have more than one child, which also kind of sort of you kind of sort of want to start saving up way more if you have more than one child. Yeah. And of course, there's mortgage, uh, how uh, not house, but your car payments. And I guess at the end of the day, we're going to also be talking about a lot of the minor fees and expenses that families have as well. Mm-hmm. But it- yeah, it's honestly uh, something scary considering that both of them combined maybe count for one eighth of what a child is supposed uh, should have for schooling. Oh, the, the sum of the two. Well, yeah, exactly. Combine both of them. You have maybe, yeah, you, you would have, technically you would have a fifth of what you're supposed to have for schooling. And if you weren't in debt free, of course. The rest is all loans at like what? 5%, something like that. Interest. It's around, yeah, it's around four to 5% interest. Thankfully, it's excused during the time that you're at school, at least for Ontario it is, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's how a lot of schools work, is until you're back in school, you will uh, resume, you will start the interest once you complete school. So let's talk a little bit about some certain plans that are available. And this, these are our plans I would highly recommend to either speak to your parents or if you're a parent that you should look at getting. And each of them have different types of perks to them. And of course, this is one for Canada and one for the United States. And I honestly think they're very similar in their own way, but some of them have some key differences. So for the United States, the biggest thing I'd have to say is you have to go and start your, your own 529 plan. And that is a, a registered or it's an education plan. You're able to get which actually this is going to be pretty cool. I I seen this and it actually was very unique. I never heard of this. You can actually use a 529 plan to use it towards specifically prepaid tuition plans and get uh, a deducted tuitions on certain colleges, universities in the States. Wait, what, what does that mean? So basically what it is, is that you can actually have, have two, there's two different types of accounts in a 529 plan. Mm-hmm. You have one of them that's for prepaid tuitions. If your child is intending, or if you're intending to go to one of these schools, you have to evaluate, you have to make sure that those schools approve of this, but you can actually have a tuition reduction uh, if you have your money within it, which is very interesting. I yeah, it's like a, a discount. It basically is a discount, but wow. it's but more or less that money is going towards the tuition itself. However, it's only used for a certain amount of schools in okay. the, in the states. Now, the other one is one that we have more like in Canada, which is an educational savings plan. This one is used exactly like what we're going to be talking about in Canada, where it can be used at many any school in this uh, in the states or for educational purposes, for textbooks, et cetera, et cetera. The cool thing of this is it's tax deductible. Nice. So the more you put into it, of course, you will get that in your tax in your tax returns at the end of the year. 
which is the game of cash flow right there. That's that's good. Well, it also incentivizes people to go and contribute towards it. So if you are a student and you decide that you want to put money towards it, you will have, you will have additional funds coming in return uh, in terms of taxes for as a yeah tax deductible. <laughs> right. So in, the, in Canada, we have something that is known as an RESP, so Registered Education Savings Plan. And this one is tax deferred, meaning that you will have, uh, you'll have to pay taxes afterwards, which is That's fine. True. But well, if I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what what ends up happening is you end up the difference with the RESP, so that's what I call it anyway. A lot of people in Canada call it that. Is the government contributes? Uh, yeah, the government will contribute up to five hundred dollars a year, and this so is what determines that. So what determines that is how much you contribute, and you have to claim it, of course. So. When you go for and file for your taxes and everything, you will get an amount, and it's uh, yeah, so up to seventy two hundred dollars. So anything above seventy two hundred dollars, you will get uh, the full five hundred dollars. Is that with the tax deferred account or the tax deductible account? Deductible. Wow. Oh, deferred. Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay, deferred. okay, okay. Yeah, this is the RESP. Right. And this is only through my quick research here. I don't want to. This is, please, if you're unsure or anything like that, speak to a financial advisor. But because I'm only, we're only here to go and advise people of the options that are available. But if you are going into schooling, I would highly suggest to go into an RESP or a 529 plan. I honestly, I've never heard of a 529 plan before doing research now. Mind you, I don't live in the States. But I'm surprised that my American friends weren't even talking about a 529 plan. You know, I myself, I, I didn't use any of these government programs. Maybe I should have. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not, not too sure. But yeah, I'd like you could have gotten five hundred dollars a month uh, a year. Well, I mean, how do you say no to free money, right? <laughs> That's exactly uh, it. The idea of a 529 plan, even though it's. Uh, American, you know, if you're good enough with your with your savings, controlling your costs, you can do it in Canada too. You put five hundred twenty nine dollars aside each month. If you can do that while you're in high school, maybe you're still living at your parents, stuff like that. Uh, go for it, right? I mean, that's 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 a good target too. Just on top of the name being five twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you can put in towards that, I guess that's a very similar thing because those are two different plans that I thought that were really beneficial. And that was one of those saving tactics that I had. And I guess you could say I will bring up the fact having a part-time job is a very common thing for high schoolers to have. I had one starting the summer of 10th grade. And one of the things that was placed upon me from the start was 50% of my pay was going towards uh, towards my wow. education. Yep, at 50%. I mean, that that's high. That's high. It's very high, and the higher when I got when I got raises or whenever I went to a higher paying job, you better guarantee my parents came in and I said, "You're going to tell me how much <laughs> <laughs> how much it is." So, and you know what? Like at the time, and I can guarantee you, as a child or as a teenager, it burned me so much. Like I, I hated it. I hated it. Like, 
I like you're there and you work your butt off and then you see, uh, you see your paycheck and it's like, hell yeah. I just got a, like a 500, $600, $800 check. And then you realize that 50% of it is going towards <laughs> towards your savings. I mean, imagine the dis- the discipline that you get from that, right? Well, that's uh, exactly it. Try doing that today, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But th- that put aside, though, it depends on how disciplined you want to be. And right. that was the biggest thing. I remember a lot of returning college students coming back. I, I used to work in Canada. We got this thing called Bulk Barn, and it's a bulk food store. <laughs> that's when I started my first job. A lot of college students would come back and would end up saying, the money that I saved up helped me, and I wish I could have saved up more. And it, you don't think about it because you're not really in that position. It's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And it's the same thing as a retired person saying, I wish I would have saved more for my retirement or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, so when I, I, just, I was held accountable more or less for my family, <laughs> my family didn't have the most amount of savings for me. They had some, they had some, but not a lot, uh, not an entire schooling's worth education. And so a lot of it was self-funded. And so what ended up happening was we're getting into that point where it was a lot of self-discipline. And when I went to university, a lot of it was just, <laughs> a lot of it was honestly like, my God, I'm so happy I did this now. Yeah, and you know when you're when you're in school and you have all this uh, you have all this work coming in and stuff like that, and you, you notice that you have this extra time and that you're able to put it to put put it to work, and you don't have to go work, let's say a part time job right away. Although some people can manage it, it's a sure. it's a nice luxury to have, you know, to have that spare time and you can truly focus on your studies, especially if you know you're the kind of person that does need to study. And, and well, yeah, for sure. Right. Well, no, that's exactly it. And I honestly think it was a really nice perk when I was able to go and get that refund from the government when I contribute to my RESP. Excuse me. By a lot of people, uh, yeah, a lot of my family members put an emphasis towards the RESP and con- continuously contribute to that fund. And I know that my my mom and I had a shared a shared account. So I would literally e-transfer or I would actually directly transfer the money from my one account into that second account every single time. And so she she automatically knew when my money would come in so she could put it towards the RESP. So how does uh, it so how does that sort of happen with the tax benefits, you know? How does it get shared if it's a shared account? Does it me- do you measure who put in how much or how is that? No. Work? So yeah. So no, uh, what ends up happening is it's a beneficiary. So oh. my mom would technically be the one who, were, who had the name on it, but I was a beneficiary of it. And there's actually two different kinds in Canada of RESP. So there's the single plan and the family plan. Single plan doesn't have to be blood related, but it can be to someone in particular. So you have a family friend who, uh, who you want to help. And you decide to help their 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 son. They're not blood related or anything like that, other than just friends. And you create an account by that purpose. But if their if their name is on that account, it is specifically entailed to that child or to that person for the educational purposes. Both of them have the same purpose. 
And then when you go to the family accounts, this one can be shared upon like, blood related, but it's only for the, the children themselves or the people going to su- the school. So all in all, and I know that you can't recommend it. And I, I, <laughs> I know there's no yeah. such thing as a recommendation. Um, cause we're, I'm not an advisor. You're not an advisor. No, no for sure. No, of course. Of course. Um, now, it, what would you personally prefer, right? I mean, it, I, I, I'm assuming that you're going to say that the, the tax deductible one, but maybe you'll, you'll mention, you know, a, a tax deferral and that $500 contribution. Well, the other thing you have to take into consideration is if, like, for me, when I had my tax deferral, a lot of it was very beneficial to me mm-hmm. because as a student, we don't necessarily, we wouldn't necessarily pay taxes on our on our yeah we wouldn't pay taxes on our account or so it's a on one our year deferral no so if let's say it was yeah so if it was a parental account a parent funding it then yeah. the, they would end up having to pay taxes on that pulling out but i was a as a child funding most of that account i wasn't necessarily paying a lot of taxes on it to begin with oh okay so it was a bit of a benefit on that sense on that sense Right. But for the 529 plan, this is, again, this is not something from personal experience. I still think it's something that's awesome. Uh, I, uh, correct me if anyone, uh, for anyone, <laughs> I said if I'm wrong. But I, yeah, I put it in the Facebook group. <laughs> but I still think it's an awesome plan. Uh, nonetheless, both of them, are, like I said, one of them's in Canada, one of them's in the United States. So you can't necessarily pick and choose which one you want, but I still think they they both have their benefits. I still think it has a, it's awesome. Honestly, it's nice that these programs exist, right? And just just to be able to to save up and you know myself, I never really understood them until I was in school and I was hearing of these people who did have it because myself, I, I I didn't have, uh, I wasn't registered to any kind of these plans. It was just sort of money that I put aside. I was using my own 529, you know, just put money aside every month. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and slowly, but surely draining that account while I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly the biggest thing because when you're in school, you always see it's like, Oh wow, I got X amount of dollars in there. And you know, it's a heck of a lot more than, or it can be more than your regular paycheck and you just want to <laughs> blow it off. But it's not uh <laughs> it's really not meant to for that purpose. And, and you know, one of the opportunities that I really, uh, you know, something that I, that I did for myself is I had saved up, you know, X amount of money before going to school mm-hmm. and I gave myself a plan. I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm in school for four years, right? Yep. This amount of money should be able to settle me over. So I gave myself, I paid myself a certain amount every month. That okay. Would yeah, very smart. Right. Yep. Uh, that way, there's no going over budget because you can't spend money that you don't have. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the next it. Next month, there's always more money that comes in. So for someone who might not have the self control, or you know, who might need improvement or you know, need to learn how to track their money. That's yep. one way you can control it and help yourself through school. Well, right? Yeah, it works out really well because I know in the upcoming episodes we are going to be talking about exactly that: it's budgeting and self control. So I know for the other listeners, if they're interested in something like that, you would be interested in our discussion on this one. 
anyways, uh, Will, thank you so much for the conversation. Oh, it's my um, pleasure. I, Thanks for having me. No problem at all. We're definitely going to have you around, and I think it was really fun. So for uh, for the next episode, we are going to be talking about the awesome perks of working with Fiverr and user testing, some of the ways that you can make money. This is going to be for the Wednesday episode. Oh. It is going to be pretty cool. I'm yeah. actually pretty pumped for it here. And until next time, everyone, peace. This has been your daily dose of motivation with the College Wealth Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening. And until the next episode.